In today's episode, we're answering all your questions about breast milk, breastfeeding, pumping, and all the fun that goes into it. Is it fun? <laughs> Joining us with her knowledge is breast milk barista Priscilla Suburbi, a lactation expert who will take us to our liquid gold goals. We read the books, we bought the things, we thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Oh man, last night my voice was like super sore and I thought I was going to have like a sexy voice for today's episode, but I don't. It's just my normal voice. I know, you sound great. (laughs) So (laughs) welcome to today's episode. This is a topic that we get a lot of questions about, not only through our Instagram, but also on a personal basis. I think I always get like text messages. As soon as someone gives birth, the first thing when I ask them, oh, so how are you? How are you doing? Everything's like great, except for... (sighs) The breastfeeding part. Yeah, I literally already have PTSD for this conversation. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and reminisce a little bit of what our journeys were when it came to breastfeeding and pumping and breast milk and formula, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. we chose to do. But we're going to go ahead and answer a lot of the doubts and questions and fears that you have shared with us through our lactation expert. So we're excited to have her join us today. Perfect. Let's go into our motherish moments. Are you ready? So my motherish moment of the week is, so as you know, I always take Ford to the park. He loves being outdoor. He loves being like running and interacting with the children. So because, you know, we're in a pandemic still and we've been kind of dealing with limited exposure to other children. For me, park time is very important because he gets to socialize. But I've noticed lately that he's been a little bit, not aggressive. I don't know if that's the word, but he's a tough kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always get so nervous that every time he's going to approach your child that he's going to be he's going to hit him or you know or push him over I mean he's a sweet boy but I don't think he realizes or he knows how to control his physical strength yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I find myself being a little bit more stressed you know I'm trying to figure out how to teach him to be gentle and sweet yeah. and to share he's really good at sharing because he doesn't really get attached to a lot of things he's one of those children who um, kind of like moves from one thing to the other yeah, he's like very I, fast I don't mind sharing I'm <laughs> over it yeah he's like I'm over it you can keep it so I don't know so it's been interesting kind to watch him because you don't want your kid to be that kid in the park who's like hitting or pushing or like you know and again he's not doing it I think obviously on purpose he's, uh, yeah but I'm trying to time. find a way to where I don't want to limit him you know because he's having such a great time but it's I've had a few episodes where I'm like no no suavecito like very be gentle be gentle and I think I talked about this a few weeks ago about using the doll to kind of teach him to be sweet and to give hugs and kisses but then also you can't have him he, then it goes the other extreme he wants to give everyone a kiss and he's like hugging and kissing everyone and you're I'm like, like can't oh, do that during COVID so it's like it's so hard to find that middle point but it's also such a joy to watch him grow up and kind of develop this other side to his personality well my mother's moment is like I'm coming out of like a week from hell so Victoria was sick it literally came out of nowhere I ended up having to take her to the urgent care because her pediatrician kind of discarded what I was calling about like I called with some concerns and she was like don't worry just keep her with some liquids and she'll be fine I'm like you don't want to see her she's like no but maybe you should take her somewhere to take a COVID test and I'm like what so she totally discarded me I ended up taking my daughter to an urgent care care 
and she had an upper respiratory infection and double conjunctivitis. Obviously, they did a COVID test. Everything was negative, negative COVID, strep, flu, all the things. But it was very frustrating, that whole situation. But I was also very glad that I trusted like my gut, my motherly instinct to be like, no, pediatrician, you're not getting me right now. Um, Does that change your relationship with your pediatrician? Now? 100%. You changing? Yes. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So anyway, Victoria, within about a couple of days, already rebounded and she's fine. And now I'm sick, but I don't have COVID know, or strep or tested, flu. Yeah. Or They even tested me for mono. I was like, really? Like, I'm not you in high school. Know. They're like, oh, well, you have a kid. So they bring weird things. And I was like, all right, I don't have that. I already had that when I was like 16. Well, I'm glad Victoria's doing well and I'm glad that you... Yeah, I'm fine now. But it's just like a double whammy. And I feel like every time that your kid gets sick, it's like, get ready, brace yourself. Because like, then you're going to get sick because you're taking care of them and you're so close to them and, and everything. So it's tough for us mamas, honestly. It really is. But we're so badass. And I'm reminded of that every time I go through one of these things. So we're going to go ahead and ask Priscilla to share her motherish moment of the week before we formally introduce her as our guest. Hi, Priscilla. Hi, wonderful. Yes, my motherish moment. You know, I think uh, this past week, really, what's been on my mind is just being more intentional, I guess, with my son. He's three and a half, and he loves to play with me, and he loves to just sit down and watch cartoons with me. And honestly, I think that sometimes I struggle with that because, I, you know, we're always busy. We have things to do. We have dinner to cook. We have houses to clean, toys to pick up, laundry to fold like just there's so much and so just really I think this week just been more intentional with like all right papa let's find let's go outside let's play the playground let's get in the pool you and me while your sister naps let's play with your trucks you know and just doing like little things together and even just like sitting down like he just loves when I sit down next time and watch cartoons and like not that I'm on my phone I have to like watch the cartoon with him and talk about it with him but uh he loves it and it makes him feel so special and, and it's been great just to like hang out with him with my little buddy and also so, be able to yeah. balance the little one right because once you have a second baby i yes, feel like there's a lot of mom guilt it is. everything changes everything changes she needs so much attention she's eight months old so i think like he really appreciates like okay she's down for her nap now i'm all yours you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna be with you so it's been good it's been good i think that intentionality with him uh, has been fun it's been good for both of us. Let me formally introduce Priscilla. She is an RN and she specializes in pediatrics and neonatal intensive care. She's worked in the major hospitals here in Florida. She also had a chance to work in a few hospitals in New York. She's a certified breastfeeding specialist. She's the breastfeeding guru, I call her. <laughs> um, she's also a dear friend of mine and she's a mommy of two. So we're so excited to have her here. She's part of a very uh, well-known group here of lactation experts also. So we'll get to hear a little bit about that also. And you know, I know you're enjoying this part of your career because you really get to serve Absolutely. all these women, I think, in the most vulnerable, important moments of their lives, which is trying to nourish and provide for their babies. And we've talked about this plenty of time in the podcast where on our personal journeys, I, for example, for very, very frustrated and very disappointed at myself that I wasn't providing or breastfeeding the way that I always visualized myself doing it. You know, I also struggled. I had uh, Ford was in the NICU, so I wasn't really able to we had just at the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't let me really hold my baby for a long time because I had a, a little bit of a fever. So they, you know, now I feel like they could get a result faster, but they were afraid that maybe I had, you know, I had tested negative, but they didn't know why I had a fever. And then it, the fever went away. It wasn't really a full fever. It was like a low grade temperature. So that 24 hours without Ford, I think was really 
um, really affected us, right? When it came to breastfeeding. So as soon as, I mean, I was always pumping right away and I was like taking out the, the colossum with my little syringe and it was really painful, but I knew that it was worth it. And I really, really wanted to only breastfeed my child. Like that was my number one goal. I did all the classes before. Um, did you set like how long you wanted to breastfeed him? I wanted to breastfeed him until it was like uncomfortable for me to breast. Like I wanted to be that mom with like the walking toddler up into my breast. <laughs> That's really high ambition. And then hopefully if I, you know, I'm blessed with another child in the future, I would like to try it again. And like long story <laughs> short, I only was able to breastfeed Ford for like four months. Because once I got back to work, I was already pumping so mm-hmm. little. Like my Not supply hard. was so limited that I was not able to leave enough for him to So you consume. were pumping and nursing? I was pumping and nursing. Home? And I was also giving him the formula that he <clears throat> has started in the NICU. So <laughs> I think I made a lot of mistakes in my journey. It ended up working out okay my baby's healthy he's fine I really enjoyed I loved breastfeeding him it wasn't painful for me it wasn't like I don't have any negative experience with it except for the fact that I wanted to just produce more that's my biggest frustration so I think we're going to talk a little bit about the truth and the myths behind what really increases your supply because I was consuming those lactation cookies like there was no tomorrow (laughs) I was eating pasta because they're like oh you're not having enough carbs I was like okay give me the carbs and I was like drinking la malta because someone told me Oh my God, that's hilarious. And someone was bringing me this homemade oatmeal that was like a family recipe for increasing breast milk. I was doing it all. I was gaining all the weight, but I was just not producing more milk like I wanted to produce more milk. And he loved latching on. He loved the breast milk. I mean, my baby loved every type of milk I gave him. Thank God. But yeah, it's good to know like the truth behind a lot of this stuff, the science behind it, and and what really is going to benefit all those moms who are struggling right now or who are about to go on this journey. In my case, so I immediately tried to nurse. So Victoria was born through C-section. I tried to nurse her as soon as I was finally, you know, with her again. And it was like, first of all, nothing was coming out. And like, I knew nothing was coming out. And it was very frustrating. At the hospital, there was a lactation, um, I guess, like expert or consultant that came in and she like slapped Victoria in the face. And she she slapped her in the face. She goes, no sleeping on the job. And I was like, wow, you are never coming into my room again. Oh my goodness. I had been warned about her because people who also delivered at this hospital were like, oh, beware. The lactation consultant is a little rough around the edges, but she's very good, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I don't care. No, I don't want to talk to her again. <laughs> but I ended up like having really, really, really painful experience also because within a day, I was completely like physically hurt my boobs were like just very ungodly like sensitive like no no was there blood Uh, there was blood there was like i don't even know what you call it scabs and shit like it was like Mm -hmm. it was really yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it was really 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 bad both sides were absolutely horrible by day three to the point where just putting her on my breast was already like a Honestly, I do not recall any pain from the C-section recovery. I only recall pain from breastfeeding. Like that is how incredibly like powerful that was and horrible. Long story short, by day five, I was already like really down a like black hole of like feeling horrible, guilty because I had taken this course for breastfeeding or whatever before when I was pregnant and it opened my mind to like so many things I was like wow the power of the antibodies and this and the antibodies Mm -hmm. for me was like 
and this is like even before COVID, just in general to like pass on my immune system or like benefits from my immune system to her was like, that was the one thing I wanted. I'm like, I want this because like my immune system is like super legit. I never get sick except now that I have a toddler. Honestly, like so good. And so I was like, oh, if I could give her that, like I need to give her that, I need to give her that. But no one at any point, they never said it was going to be hard. They never said like it could be this, it could be that. No, they were like, you just do this and then you do this and then voila. And I was like, oh, great done. I didn't even open the pump that I had ordered from the insurance like before I gave birth because I was like, I'm not going to need this. It's going to be perfect. Anyway, again, five days later, she finally went to sleep. I opened up the pump and I watched a bunch of YouTube videos like, how does this work? And a tiny little half an ounce of milk came out and I cried so much because I was like, there's something there. I'm not useless. Like I can do this, you know, whatever. And I ended up exclusively pumping for six months, which was incredibly also hard. First of all, I hated pumping so much. Like I love breastfeeding so much when he would latch on. Just like the way I felt, the way he would look at me, the way I would look at him. The way I, I literally felt like... I don't even know. Like, well, I mean, there's actual like, like a Madonna, like honestly, that are, like, like released in your brain. Yes, <laughs> I was in such a high. And then when I had to pump, for me, I was like shut down. Priscilla, why don't we start off with the benefits of breast milk? Why do we stress this? Why do we want to do it so bad? Because I feel like mm-hmm. we need to be reminded of like why is it worth it, right? So why don't we yeah. start with the benefit of yeah. breastfeeding, the experience, and breast milk itself? We kind of know that breastfeeding, like generally speaking, I think most moms know, okay, this idea that breast milk is special, right? And, you know, in many cases, as great as we know it is, we encounter all these difficulties that then kind of put us on pause and make us second guess ourselves. So I definitely like touch on that as well. But in terms of breast milk in and of itself, I mean, obviously, it's got so many good things. In the beginning, when you first give birth, um, usually the first three to five days after giving birth, what you really have is colostrum. So it's very, very small quantities of milk, which is why a lot of moms in the hospital, they start to freak out because they're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have any milk. Like, all I'm getting is literally a drop. And they don't realize that that's exactly what we want to see. That is normal. We only expect to see droplets of milk in those first three to five days. And this colostrum is just jam-packed. It's got a ton of nutrients. It's got a ton of uh, fats that are important for the baby. And yeah, and the antibodies like we've talked about. So all these things are just so beneficial. And when you do have babies that end up in the NICU, sometimes, you know, that's that's like an unexpected thing. I mean, this milk is literally like medicine because the milk that we can give to these babies really just has been linked to just better recovery, better digestion better and, weight and just gain. to give the listeners like an idea just like the amount I literally I was in my room and the baby was in the NICU I would like squeeze through my nipple and mm-hmm. feel like a little syringe yep and yep. I will label it with my name and the nurse will go take it to the NICU and like feed it to my baby. But it was that small amount. Like it was like oh, every three hours it's I would fill a little syringe, you know, and it's like, I don't know, maybe the size of like, you know, your long finger. And that was enough. That was enough for him. And then she would come back every, you know, two or three hours and I would like squeeze again. Like it was so hard to even get those little drops. I remember one time I dropped, I squirted this thing by mistake and I literally cried. The three to five days, is that for both C-section and natural delivery? Does it matter if you deliver early? Yeah, because there's a myth Um, about your milk coming in later if you're C-section, Yeah, it can be a little bit later. When we say later, it's like maybe you're just closer to that five day than the three day. The idea, the general idea is that 
most moms, you'll be home already by the time your milk comes in. So in the hospital, you're going to be getting these small drops. And it's like literally like the amounts we're talking about, like one ml. It is a tiny amount. And it's, but it's so dense. Like, even though it's so small, like I said, it's so, so full of good stuff, like the fats and nutrients, that even though it's a small amount, it's precisely what babies need. And the other thing that's really important to know and understand is that a newborn who's 24 hours old, literally the, the capacity, the full capacity of the stomach is a teaspoon. So when you are giving you know, one ml, a teaspoon is five mls, right? So when you're giving one ml, two mls, you're literally like, you know, halfway there into into the full capacity of the baby. So it's exactly what they need. All of this, you're saying then when the baby's born and let's say you're in the hospital with a baby, are you supposed to have the baby latched all the time? How often? Like, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out like what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very common in the first 24 hours. A lot of times babies are really, really sleepy. They're exhausted. Like labor delivery for the mom is exhausting. It's exhausting for the baby also. So it's very common that that first day we see babies are like knocked out they just want to sleep so we do just need to try to put them on the breast as much as possible but it is normal for the baby to not really latch that first day they might just lick the nipple they might just kind of play with it you know kind of fall asleep next to it and it's all normal that first day and then by the second day is when they start to wake up a little bit more and they might act a little bit hungrier but i'm a NICU nurse and the NICU there's a schedule like it is like every three hours boom 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 every three hours and you don't do anything outside of that three hours so with my baby like my first my first son before i had really started learning and, and educating myself and going down this path in my career of lactation I try to do the same thing every three hours, every three hours, every three hours. And my supply diminished. My supply suffered. His weight gain suffered because we were so stuck in this like schedule mindset. And we sometimes see this a lot in baby books. But the reality is that a newborn may feed, like you said, all the time. They might want to eat every hour, every two. And then next time, next time they want to eat in 30 minutes. And it just fluctuates so much. So it's so important to feed on demand as the baby wants and in these early days in the hospital like when I have patients you know come and like talk to me like prenatal consults I say you know really I recommend in those first few days like at minimum every two hours the baby may want more and if they want more beautiful put them on the breast as much as they want but at least every two hours set your alarm why because yes we want baby to get the practice in to latching but we also need that stimulation whether and and just like baby being near you that skin-to-skin contact all that is going to help with your milk coming in a little bit sooner and in better quantities because we need to produce this effect that allows our milk to come in. So that more like often like stimulation, you know, allowing baby to latch, allowing holding baby skin to skin, it's also crucial to your long-term experience of breastfeeding those first few days. Now let's talk about these things that are supposed to help you with your breast milk quantity. Like, is this real? Do we pay attention to this? Like, what really is actually going to increase our supply? Supply. Everyone wants (laughs) just more milk. I always say the story, like, I actually bought little bags to freeze my milk. Okay, because in my mind, <laughs> yeah. I visualized me being like this. La vaca Lola. Literally, yeah. like I wanted to be la vaca Lola. I wanted to freeze all my milk. So when I went to work, I mean, I had a friend that store like with six months of milk when she went to work, right? So I was like, okay, perfect. I'm going to pump. I'm going to freeze it. I'm going to, you know, put it in my freezer. And I, I have bought all these bags to kind of store the milk. Never once did I use them. Never. Because I literally would pump enough to feed my baby there at night or, mm-hmm. you know, if I went to dinner or like, I just never produced enough. It was very 
very disencouraging, to be honest. Every time I saw yeah. I was pumping, maybe that's why I hated to pump so much too. I think it's kind of sad because that scenario, I see moms all the time freaking out about their supply because, oh my gosh, I pumped and all I got was an ounce. All I got was two ounces. And I'm here like, um, okay, that's normal. Like you literally have the right amount of milk. Like most babies, especially early on, like newborns. Do we even need to pump at the beginning? Like. So- it depends, right? Because in the scenario where, yes, your baby's in NICU for whatever reason doesn't need to be with you, then yeah, you do want to start pumping with the same frequency at least every two hours in those first few days to get your supply going. It is important to know that many, many moms in those first few days don't respond to the pump. They'll pump and they don't get anything, but then they hand express and they get more milk in those first few days. Sometimes that works better. So you have to kind of see what your body responds to. Hand expression, you know, hand pump, uh, electric pump. So hand pump is just like squeezing it out of your breast, right? There there are like pumps that are like manual pumps. Yeah, yeah, you have manual pumps where you can actually, you know, I've had moms that say, oh, that worked better better for me. I'm like, all right, that works. But hand expression, yes, is actually just using your hand and pressing the breast to remove milk. Unless you're not physically with your baby. Like if your baby's with you, you do not need to pump in addition to uh, breastfeeding, right? Here's the problem, you know, and I, I see it all the time because I follow, obviously I follow all these accounts of like breastfeeding moms and pumping and all this stuff. And we see these pictures, again, like you said, a freezer stash full of milk and, and then you have this chunky baby and mom's like breastfeeding and on top of breastfeeding has all this milk. Okay, so that's not normal. That's called an oversupply. <laughs> if you can breastfeed your baby, and have a freezer full of milk you very likely have an oversupply which i think can also be hard though like for Absolutely. i mean i don't i would hate to like Absolutely. discredit that situation yeah well my friend carla the photographer mm-hmm. she had so much milk it was painful she actually yeah. stopped because yeah. it's like i can't handle all this milk i just want to dry up already that that yeah. was her experience and that's the thing is that we see these pictures and we don't understand what's happening in the background of these pictures we think wow i have so much milk this is wonderful i want to be that same way but in reality yeah these moms a lot of times they're a slave to the pump because if they don't pump if they don't breastfeed and pump they're yeah. in pain because yeah. they're always they get mastitis. they're getting mastitis yeah. the plugged ducts you have all these issues and so a lot of times when we breastfeeding and then we pump early on we are setting ourselves up for that scenario of oversupply. So that's why I don't recommend the use of the pump in addition to breastfeeding. If you don't need to, you don't need to. And then like just going back in terms of what is normal amounts of milk, like it's not like a ton. You don't you don't need to fill like each of these bottles, a lot of times the bottles that come with the pumps are like about five ounces each. If you fill both those bottles up, again, that is a lot of milk. Your baby does not need that milk. Most babies are good you know, two to four ounces depending on the age and weight of the baby and that's perfect that's i know you perfect. have you share these five tips i thought was very helpful to get you started mm-hmm. to a successful like breastfeeding experience maybe you could share those five mm-hmm. tips for anyone who's sure, about to basically like one of the things that you want to do you want to try to breastfeed as soon as possible this can look differently if you have you know a normal birth vaginal birth versus a cesarean right because if you have a c-section it may be a little bit delayed they might wait until you recover but you can still ask to to put your baby on the breast right like if you had a c-section once they put the baby on the chest you could kind of like latch him on right away right are you allowed to do that so when it comes to a cesarean that 
It's a little bit trickier because it just depends on your hospital, the policies that they have, the doctors that, that are performing the C-section and just their level of comfort. And obviously when you're on C-section, like for me, my both my kids were C-sections. My The medication just put me, um, gave me bad headaches and I just didn't feel comfortable holding her. I didn't feel safe. So due to the medications, I told my nurses, I'm not going to be able to do this. Um, so always your baby's safety is number one. But generally speaking, yes, you can go in. If you have a C-section, you go in and you just tell your nurses and doctors, like, look, this is what I would like. You know, if anything goes well, everything's smooth, I would love to hold my baby and do skin to skin and start as soon as possible. Some doctors will be like, yeah, let's do it. Um, others might prefer for you to wait until you're in recovery, um, you know, where you're feeling a little bit more alert. But the key, is to let your doctors and the nurses know whether you're having your schedule for a natural or a c-section let your doctors and nurses know like this is what i want to do i want to try to initiate breastfeeding as soon as possible we call it the golden hour so if you can initiate within the first hour there's been a lot of science and a lot of studies that show that this helps your long-term breastfeeding just by initiating within that first hour so initiating early that would be um, point number one I think point number two was frequent feeding, allowing baby to feed and nurse as much as, as he or she wants. Oh, frequent feed. Okay, forget about that schedule. Like, yeah, can I just yeah. latch on every yes. time? Yes, please. Yeah, forget about that schedule. Let baby latch as much as possible. It's very, very difficult. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it is very, very, very difficult to overfeed a breastfeeding baby, especially in the first few days. In the first few days, you can't overfeed them because you're producing such small amounts. So just let the baby latch as much as possible. It's good for baby. That colostrum is amazing and it's good for your supply. So forget about the schedule. Point number three, I don't remember what point number three was. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I just talk about generally speaking, like how to set yourself up. Um, I think you also recognize- told me about like preparing yourself. Like I think expectations are so yes. uh, important yes. when it comes to like not feeling like, you know, you're failing or getting frustrated. I think like if you prepare yourself and even like the courses, Absolutely. I think are so helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Like just knowing what is normal, you know, exactly like the small amounts of milk are normal. It's normal that your milk doesn't come in until after you're home. Because a lot of the issues that we have is like, oh my gosh, I only had a couple droplets. I had to give the baby formula. I had to, I had to. And that's fine. I for one am very grateful that formula exists. It's helped save many babies' lives. But if that's not the mom's goal, if mom's goal is to breastfeed, then there's no need to worry about the small amounts of milk you're producing. You don't need to give formula. Your body is producing exactly what So what can we needs. do to increase it? So to increase milk, there is no magic potion, magic diet, magic food, magic drink. There's just so much like mixed information. You will hear like so many moms that say, oh, like the fenugreek and, or the oatmeal or the brewer's yeast. So that, that works for me. I swear, I swear by it. it Someone told me that they took um, like blue Gatorade, <laughs> but it had to be the blue one. I, I I've heard everything. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard like the pink drink from Starbucks. Like I've heard mm. everything. You know, there's not really any factual like science that says, yes, this works for your supply. The only thing that we know for sure, for sure, that will increase your supply is putting the baby on more often. That's why I really, I'm not a fan of like strict scheduling because every mom and baby is different. And so, yeah, your best friend, your neighbor, maybe she, her, it was perfectly fine feeding her baby every three hours, but it might not be the case with you and your baby. Your body's different. Putting the baby on as much as they want in those first early weeks is so crucial because that's really what's going to get your supply to where it needs to be. So the only thing that we know that works is more frequent milk removal. The more often you milk, you remove milk, 
the more your brain, your body. Yeah, knows, it is okay, crazy how like someone it. told me, and I noticed it before. Like he would cry, and if he wasn't on me, like how he would start dripping the milk. I mean, was that mm-hmm. like coincidence, or was that is there really like a connection between? Oh no, absolutely. That's um, oxytocin. So it's like the, the love hormone, right? So when we hear our babies cry, when we see them, our brain immediately like kicks into gear, and, and that's why sometimes we have that milk that's just like whoop. You know, or like sometimes you're even out, you know, I know a lot of moms will be out shopping, doing groceries and they hear another baby cry and then their body starts to leak. And it's just, it's that, it's like your body's reaction to um, and memory and, and the thoughts about the baby. And funnily enough, like actually for pumping moms, we actually recommend that if you're at work and you're pumping, pull out pictures and videos of your baby because your brain will respond. And um, and many moms will like have their letdown as they're watching videos and uh, pictures of their child. So oh, it's I really unbelievable. I love hormones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. What, what if a mom wanted to take the route of exclusive pumping? What's like the pros and cons in your opinion to that? Pros and cons, you know, I think it's just, I think it's an individual decision, right? Some moms hate pumping, some moms prefer it. For me, when I have clients that come see me, like my job is just to make, help you reach your goals. And that that can look different for everybody. I mean, some moms just don't like having to clean the pump parts and constantly, you know, like- well, the dad does that. You, you know, <laughs> being connected to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different, you know, versus, you know, when you're breastfeeding, you put the baby on, the baby eats, the baby's done, you know? So it just depends. But then other moms, just the pumping's easier. They feel more comfortable because they can see the actual quantities that the babies are taking in. So it all depends on each individual mother's goals. Um, But for a mom who is interested in exclusively pumping, I mean, it's the same thing. You just, the more often you do it, the more your supply is going to increase. You would just want to mimic whatever baby's doing. So that's why in the beginning, I would say, okay, try to do it every two hours. And then once the baby is a little bit older and your supply is already established, now we can go every three to four hours. The only thing that we recommend for pumping moms is not to go beyond four hours. Once you're going past the four hours, that's when we fall. Yeah, we're uncomfortable, we're engorged, but that's also when we fall into the territory of like, okay, now our bodies think we don't need that much milk, so now our supply can begin to drop. So you do not want to go past the four hours. Let's talk about weaning, because this is another part that I was not prepared for. So I was weaning off the pump at six months, and I was like, how do I even begin to make it stop? I figured out everything I needed to do to like get my supply where I wanted and pump. I was pumping eight times a day, then six times a day. But then I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And I needed to kind of stop like cold turkey because of a situation. So like that part was really tricky because there wasn't a lot of preparation. Like literally someone was like, put cabbage in your bra. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, the name of the game for weaning is just going slowly. I would never tell a client to go cold turkey because you may end up with like plug dogs, engorgement, mastitis. Um, that milk needs to be removed. Your body is producing it. And if it's not removed, you're going to get uncomfortable. You're going to have issues. So just going slowly. And it's kind of hard through a podcast to kind of say, okay, this is how you do it. Again, because of how different we all are, you know, because a mom who has an oversupply is going to have a completely different weaning process. But it's really about just going slowly, like decreasing the amount of time on the pump, 
starting to space out the time between one pump to the next and just doing it slowly. And then every time that you make a change, I usually tell moms to hang out there. So make a change. You know, let's say you're going every four hours, just start pumping every five hours and stay there for about three to four days. Then you can, you know, go from 15 minutes on the pump to 12 minutes on the pump. Stay there for three to four days. So it's just doing it slowly. I felt so, so liberated it, when I was done. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's tough. No, it's I, tough, I, I, but, I mean, I was sad when he wasn't latching on anymore. Like, you yeah. know, it was, I missed that part. Like, yeah. I want to have a baby yeah. just like do this whole thing again. <laughs> I got the right way. But like when I, when I was done pumping, it took about like a month for me to suddenly, I felt like a switch of like, I felt like myself again. It was very weird. Like I felt almost like this like cloudiness was gone. And also, obviously, like, I got my period back. So I was just like, oh, my God, me. Like, yeah. I almost yeah. felt like I was, like, in service. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I have this purpose right now. But maybe and maybe that's it's the it, pumping you know? experience. Because I'm telling you, when I felt like pumping, I was like, I felt, like, so unnatural to just kind of stand there and mm-hmm. I, even I would see myself and I had like remember that bra where you, you, know, you could have your hands free yeah. and each- I didn't feel that way I, I was just like uh-huh. whereas no. like when I had the baby yeah. on my boob again which wasn't even that much because at that point my baby was kind of taking it all he would yeah. it was like a shot for him latch on the breast I would just look at him enjoy and then he'll be like okay and then I would give him formula like, no, yeah give me the real you know at that point I was doing I was combining it already like yeah. towards the end I was yeah. always do both I would latch him on he would do both breasts have a little breast milk and then I would give him a little bit of his formula and then I remember towards the end at night when I started you know getting on the schedule to go back to work I would just bottle feed him the breast milk that I had pumped during the day Mm -hmm. so he was taking it all but for me the pumping was like I never felt like I mean at the beginning I was like oh this is weird but then I really leaned into it and I learned so many things right like painful pumping could also be because you have the wrong flange size and you have the wrong setting on the pump and like there were so many like intricate we could do an entire episode just on like the details of getting to the right place with pumping because it can be painful and that can be fixed like it doesn't have to be that way and that's a great point like you guys both had different experiences you had different parts that you felt felt comfortable with or uncomfortable with and that's true of every single mom but the one thing that we know for sure is that whether you're pumping or whether you're breastfeeding it should be comfortable it should be enjoyable it should not be stressful Um, I have sometimes moms who come to me like there's not really anything wrong they're just so stressed out and so anxious and they want to know like how can I make this easier for myself and so like look for help ask for help like it should not be this like horrible thing painful uncomfortable it should not be so just ask for help because we're all different ask for help ask for help (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much Priscilla we'll continue this conversation maybe we could do a Facebook live about this I think there's so many questions (laughs) and like you said every woman is so different every baby is different And every experience is going to be different for each woman. So, but thank you Absolutely. so much. We thank you so much, Priscilla. Have a great day. It. You too. You Bye. too. Bye.